Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Professors Rick and Bubba here handing out degrees in common sense. That now, of course, a superpower. And Bubba, if you love music, have we got one for you today. We are honored to have back on the podcast someone who we've had on the show before, Travis Womack. And he has quite a list of people he has worked with, Rick. Travis, welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. How are you, buddy? My pleasure, man. Good morning to both of you guys. Born in Walnut, Mississippi, the pride of Walnut, Mississippi. <laughs> I mean, when you look at your career, Travis, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at at one time uh, Rolling Stone magazine did, did an article about you and said you were the fastest guitar player they had ever seen. Uh, that's kind of been your trademark as a guitar hero. So how in the world did, did this develop? this ability to play the guitar with, with such fervor. Uh, you, you obviously have been playing since you were young. You had a number one hit when you were 16. So, so w- when did this, where did this happen? Tell us this, the foundation of your guitar playing. Well, uh, my dad came in when I was eight years old with a guitar and said, uh, here's a guitar. Uh, I had three sisters and four brothers. Uh, he said, any of you guys want to try to learn to play the guitar? Here it is. So I jumped on it and, and I uh, started learning. And back then, uh, you had probably the two uh, great, greatest guitar players back then was uh, Jed Atkins and Merle Travis. And they were they were super good. But I, I just I wanted something different. So I just started teaching myself and uh, just started working. I learned uh, from the get go. I learned uh, where I could make like E chord. I'd go and find out where I could make it anywhere on the neck of the guitar. And, uh, you know, the secret to playing fast is. You got to know where you're going. I mean, you can't play fast if you don't know where you're going on that neck of the guitar. So I learned all the different places that I could play E and then I moved to F and G and so on. So uh, I, I think that's basically what, what got me to playing uh, fast. And, and Travis, I guess when you're talking about movement, the less you have to move distance wise, that cuts down and gives you the opportunity to play it faster, right? That's right. So that's but why was, you have to look ahead, because yeah. if you do that, then and you learn to play it in different ways, um, that that can dramatically cut down on your hand movement. Yes, that's it. That's it. But I would, uh, I slept with that guitar. My mom said she'd come in some nights, and I had had that guitar in the bed, and she said, you know, my little uh, feet would be thumping, patting, patting. I was playing some song in my dreams. So but, you- uh, that was. Yeah. Go ahead. Do you think Travis, you know, Bubba, obviously there, there's a, there's an art to it as, as you talked about, Bubba just talked about, but do you think too, that, you know, we see this where somebody like when in sports, they'll say there's a difference in the person who's the hard worker, he gets after it and he maximizes his ability. But then there's something called the phenom. The phenom's good at it and doesn't even know why they're good at it. And then when they begin to work on it, they're able to go to places that even the hardest working people can't go because they haven't been given that much talent. Do you think you also had just a God-given natural ability to do this? Sure. I mean, I, you know, uh, I, I thank the old man upstairs for keeping me healthy uh, through all these years. And, uh, yes, uh, and the main word I, I use uh, for young people wanting to learn uh, – Desire, that word right there. You got to have the desire to just keep keep going at it. If you get, you know, uninterested, go back and pick it up and, and, and try something different on it. Well, throughout the history of music, 
um, you know, the Muscle Shoals era, I mean, we've, we've seen the documentary. There's been books written about it. T- tell me how you 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 kind of got into that world. I know you were a professional. Is is the bio exaggerating this? You were playing professionally at eleven. Yes, I was the youngest member to ever be voted into the musicians union. <laughs> uh, they had to vote me in at the head, national headquarters in New York. Uh, I was living in Memphis, born in Mississippi. My parents moved to Memphis when I was young. I was with a band up there the top dj his name was eddie bunn and his group is called the stompers and he uh he found me and uh he became a manager and back then the musicians union was really tough and they came to him one night and they said look they called me little travis back in they said a <laughs> little travis can get up and sing with you guys but he can't play his guitar and sing so eddie said how come and he said well he's not in the union he said well we've tried to get him in the union and y'all tell tell us that he's that he's not old enough so uh, we got a lawyer, and uh, to make a long story short, got me voted in in New York, and they let me know that I was the youngest member to ever be voted in. There's never been anyone <laughs> younger than you to get into that union, 11 years old. Back then, I was it. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, through yeah. the years, it's, yes. there's been younger ones. Right. And yeah. then by the time you're 16, you have a number one hit? Yes, sir. I invented my own. Uh, distortion fuzz unit out of an old tape recorder and also uh that record scratchy uh I've, I've been credited with it being the first one to have reverse tape on it uh we did a saying on the record and then did a reverse tape on it so that was before the beatles well, so what so you did a, a you did a back masking on it travis yeah there's a thing if you listen to it uh we we, we did a a saying on it uh and then reversed it and uh and people still trying to figure out what we said yeah well, do you well want, i noticed you didn't say yeah, what you said I was about is, to it, say, is it still a secret yeah, is it still going to be a secret we don't get the exclusive here on rick and bub <laughs> university <laughs> I, I i'll tell you later <laughs> uh, well the you know when, when you think about how many records that you have been on. Okay. And I know you, you started teaming up with Rick Hall and, uh, at, at, at his uh, fame records, but there, there is a, people have tried to figure this out and they think that your guitar licks have been on so many records that your guitar is part of over 60 million copies <laughs> of, uh, of, of music. So that's almost hard to imagine. Yeah. It? You know, I, I don't even know when you look at the list, I mean, it, it, it is, and Bubba, you're going to be surprised. One of them, you got it in front of you too. Aretha Franklin, yep. incredible. I know she came up yep. to Muscle Shells. Wilson Pickett. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit later about Little Richard because you, you became, uh, worked with him a lot. Mac Davis, Clarence Carter, the Osmond brothers. You know, a lot of people don't realize, you think about the Osmond brothers, they did some stuff in Muscle Shells, didn't they? Did you know that uh, One Bad Apple that sold more records uh, than any record has ever been cut in Muscle Shows. I did not know. I know that was a big song. I didn't know it's the one that sold the most out of Muscle Shows. I think I think uh, Billy Lawson here at Wishbone. I think he looked it up and then eight million. Wow! The, and that was the, the intro to their. Uh, we used to watch their cartoon oh, yeah. on Saturday morning, and that was the intro to their uh, cartoon. Yeah. One bad apple don't steal a whole bunch of gas. <laughs> 
Uh, it, so, was, it was really wild. Rick Hall, he told us, he said, he got a, a, a group coming from Utah, and he said, they're Mormon religion. He said, guys, I don't want to hear any cussing going on. He said, if I hear the first curse word, you're going to be in trouble. So uh, they came down. and uh, But you talk about some guys that could sing, and uh, they were also players. They could play, but we 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 were the, the rhythm section on the stuff. The only the only rhythm track that they played on a, I had been doing some shows with a uh, Billy Joe Royal, and Billy Joe had a hit uh, called Yo Yo that Joe South had written, and uh, I loved the song. And so I told Rick, I said, Rick, Yo Yo would be a great song for uh, Osmonds, and so I, I brought the record and let him hear it. So we cut we cut that, and uh, the Osmonds was a the musicians only only music studio musicians was me and bass player bob ray on a yo-yo by the osmonds and and they were super players as young as they were then you know we, we i didn't know to, that we I, got to meet donnie he was actually in studio uh uh several years ago and it's super nice guy super nice well the thing yeah, travis yeah i didn't realize the musicianship because honestly watching it and i've always really been into music and you know, played in bands and all that. When I saw them, I thought, well, they're really, you know, they're they're kind, they're really singers, and it's these brothers, and it, and they've got great songs that have hooks. But when I would see them with the instruments, I'd al- almost wouldn't take it serious. I almost thought, well, that's more prop. They probably have backup musicians. But you're saying their their musicianship was actually really good as well. It was. They were they were very very good. They uh they uh they knew what they were doing, and of course their harmonies and everything was just unreal and uh now did you deal with their dad at all do you remember him being up there i understand he also you know they were they I were can, uh, I've, I've got a story <laughs> i can oh, tell you all about okay about mr osmond we uh like i said rick Holly told us no profanity you know you know control yourself so uh we had we had recorded a couple of tracks and we were in studio b rick sent us over there uh, while he was putting the osmond's vocals on well, in Studio B, Mr. Osmond was sitting down in front of the console reading the newspaper. And uh, we were there listening to the next song that we were going to record. And, and uh, one of the musicians came in and he started cussing. And uh, we were all pointing at him. Mr. Osmond was sitting down reading the newspaper and, it, and the newspaper never moved. But we pointed out, we finally, Fred Pratty was the drummer. We finally let him see Mr. Osmond down there. He just, he didn't say nothing. He just opened the door and tiptoed back out and nothing was there to say. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. But, uh, but the, the, the hits that they had and that being, I, I knew it was big. I didn't know it was the biggest one to ever come out of muscle shows because, uh, you know, that's quite a, um, uh, that, as we would say, we're from that's high cotton to consider all that came out of these, uh, the the fame records uh, uh, out of Muscle Shows. We're going to come back. Travis Womack is our guest. I want to ask Travis about one of the people he one of the people that he worked with that that I was a huge fan of, and you probably don't even know. Rick. Oh, really? Okay. Right, we'll 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 talk about that. And there's so much to unpack uh, with all the things that Travis has been associated with. Uh, with when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. So Travis Womack is our guest on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. So Bubba, you want to ask him about somebody that you're a big fan uh, of. So prepare to, for your mind to be blown here, Rick. I was a fan of his because I used to watch his TV show. Tell us about working with Mac Davis. 
Okay, you ready for this? Yep. Matt came to came to the studio. He uh, I was the leader of the session, and uh, and Rick said go out there and see what he wants to do. So I went outside and said, Rick, uh, Mac, Rick wants to know what you want to do. He said, Well, you know, I've been a successful songwriter. He said I've written in the ghetto, whoever finds this, I love you, and I just a bunch of stuff like that. But he said I want to be a star, and he said. If you guys, he said, y'all are so hot right now. If y'all could cut a hit record on me, I know this sounds like I'm blowing smoke, but I'd buy every one of you studio musicians a Cadillac. <laughs> and I, so I said, well, that that's great, man. We, we, you know, we can't guarantee you number one record, but we'll do our best, you know. And uh, I said, but you need to do something with a hook on it. And I said that people can sing along with, because at the time, that was the songs that were happening, something that you could be driving along and sing along with a the course of it and, and uh so he came in the next day he's kind of making a joke about it and uh me and rick were standing out there and he said well i wrote one with a hook to it and uh so uh he was like i said he was kind of making fun of it and he started singing it and me and rick looked at each other and that's a hit and he said what we said that's a hit and sure enough you know the thing went to number one and about that time his manager called rick hall and said look Mac Davis is opening for Jack Benny at the Sarah Club in Vegas and wants Travis and Bob Ray and the drummer to come out along with the big band and, and back him. And uh, he said, well, let me check and see if they want to. Sure, we wanted to. So we go out there and before we left, other studio musicians said, hey, be sure to remind him he owes us all a Cadillac. <laughs> so uh, about the second night, I got to talk to Mac. And I said, Mac, you promised us a Cadillac. And uh each musician, I said, they're they're waiting on it. He said, well, you misunderstood me, Travis. He said, I'm going to send one Cadillac to fame. And he said, you guys can take time about riding, using things. <laughs> we never see that, seen that one either. And, of course, Mac's <laughs> oh, no. gone, so we won't, we won't get our Cadillac. Oh, yeah. no. So he came in. Mike was a Cadillac no-show, yeah. huh? So he acted like uh, he came in almost doing a parody of you saying it must have a hook. And of course, you're talking about the song "Baby, Don't Get Hooked on Me," right? And exactly. And, and so he exactly. he was just cutting up about y'all saying it's got to have a hook, and you said, "Hey, there it is." Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he was a super nice guy. Uh, back then, it was dry around there, and the only place that you could get a beer or something was the state line. So we we were playing up there on the weekends, so we'd take him up there, and he he loved that. <laughs> so so what do you think it is there's so much more we're going to talk about baby, but, baby, but what don't do you get hooked on me what what no cadillac for travis and the boys what, what 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 do you think what do you think was what did you guys because i've seen i've seen the documentary i've heard all the biggest of the big saying that you guys that that group of musicians at that time in muscle shoals you had a sound that became sought after, and I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, uh, I may have the chron- it may be out of chronological order, but when the Staple Sisters released uh, you guys playing that that just the way that sounded uh, on the what's the song? Uh, let's uh, take take me there. What is it? Uh, I'll take you there. I'll take you there. And when they heard the way you guys sounded. Everybody wanted that sound. What what's what do they mean by that? What sound were you guys producing that became so sought after? Well, that was that was recorded at Muscle Show Sound. Yeah. Uh, and a bit 
I think what it was, we were, we were all poor. We, we went, didn't have the money to go to music colleges and, right. and everything we played was from the heart and we felt what we played. And back then, uh, the musicians produced most of those records, uh, like Rick Hall of Fame. Rick was smart enough to let the musicians, we'd get in there and, yeah. and we'd throw stuff around and, and, uh, back and forth. And, uh, you know, and it, it we spent a lot of time on them and, uh, the, and the, and the records, the tracks proved, you know, that there's a lot of time went into it. And, and it's just, uh, something like that is, uh, it's just, it's from the heart, not the charge. Yeah. And, and, and of course it became the craze. Everybody wanted to come work with you guys to try to find that, that same sound. And, and well, one let, of, me, let me ask you that on this. And yeah. I understand what you're saying about a sound, Yeah. but how can you have the same sound for Liza Minnelli, the Osmond <laughs> brothers <laughs> right. and, and Mac Davis? I right. mean, that just, right. it just you had to, a lot, it's a wide ranging you, sound. You, you guys could just do it all, I guess. Right. It is. You, you had, you had to be, you know, as many, uh, artists that we had coming in there different styles you had to you know i would always try to like liza minnelli i'd try to do something different uh you know on her session that i would on tom jones or somebody you know now, we what, uh, did, had a what but did he just, say tom jones? Come down. He, he just said tom jones but we'll have to unpack that in a minute <laughs> we, we, we had artists that. come down uh capital sent them down and they done told rick they said look blue Rawls is wanting to come down and get that sound y'all are doing that he's the hardest man in the world to work with. And uh said, just got to handle him with kids' gloves. So Lou Ross came down, and Rick told me, he said, you later the session, go out there and find out what he's going to do. So I went out there and introduced myself. And, and I, while I was talking to him, his manager had a briefcase opening up. He's taking out all this sheep music. So uh, I said, Mr. Ross, I said, what are, you, what are you planning on doing? He said, I want to do a tribute album to Sam Cooke. All right. And I said, I love Sam Cook. And uh, I said, Well, do you want us to use that sheet music? And he said, No, I come down here for this sound y'all are getting. I said, Well, we won't need that. I'm not trying to make you mad or nothing, but we won't need that. Uh we you know, we make up our stuff. He said, What do you mean? I said, Well, what uh what's the first first thing you want to do? And he said, uh, uh Sam Cook. Bring it on home to me. He said, I'd like to do that. And uh, he said, how would y'all do it? Would y'all like to hear how I did it? I've got a little guitar here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Sure. Okay. Oh, well, Travis. Are you ready? He's got the axe out. Go ahead. We'll go like If you ever change your mind about leaving, leaving me behind, oh, baby. Bring it to me. Bring your sweet loving. Bring it on home to me. Come on with that. If you ever change your mind, speed it up. But he loved it. He was the easiest guy in the world to work with. Oh, so yeah, you know why? After he heard what y'all were doing, he said, "Look, I don't know, I don't know where that came from, but I'll take that right there." And and that and like that that's that feel that you guys, you know, you you just you 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 had the songs and you were able to bring them out without all the sheet music, and and there was there was something there that um, that he wasn't going to get if he says, "Here's all the charts and and crank it out." And for him to trust you on that and and say, "Yeah, that's what I want." 
that's incredible. I'll tell you what I did find out. Uh, uh, he sang the harmony with Sam Cooke when Sam Cooke recorded it. Okay. Bring it on home to me. Lou Ross was a harmony singer on that. Well, well I, I'll be. I didn't know that either. Uh, that's a good maybe, trivia question. Maybe one reason he wanted to sing it. Yeah, that, that, that's true. All right, <laughs> there, there's so much to talk about. I want to come back because I've just recently watched – uh, a documentary um, um, on Little Richard, and and of course mm-hmm. you you had a, a long relationship with him, including being the band leader for a period of time. And and there's you know there's a lot of talk about the impact that Little Richard had on music, and and you can tell us you know firsthand uh, about that. So we'll come back, we'll continue this conversation, and we'll talk Little Richard with Travis Womack when Rick and Bubba University the podcast continues. Bubba Life Insurance. I know. Gotta have I it. know Gotta it. Have Who it. wants to talk about that? Well, I'll tell you this though: we got to simplify that. Uh, and ladder really has simplified life insurance because when it gets down to it, we want to know how much our loved ones are going to receive, and we want the peace of mind that if we pass before they do, that they'll be taken care of. Um, and so, ladder is one hundred percent digital. If you are asking for three million dollars of coverage or less, there'll be no doctors no needles, no paperwork. Uh, you just answer a few questions about your health in an application, and they, they have their algorithms ready to work in real time, and you'll find out if you're instantly approved. I'm talking about in a few minutes, and you won't see hidden fees. If you get in and say, I don't know about this, you can cancel any time. You can get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Now, what Ladder does is they're going to get you a policy when you're, impro- when you're approved, and it'll be – insurers that have long proven histories of paying claims. If you look right now on AM Best, you'll find uh, that uh, Ladder is rated A and also A+. Uh, so the, the lowest they've ever gotten is an A. Uh, and also, as insurance is going to cost more, the older you get, hello, go ahead and, and take care of this. And this is simple. This is this is how much your loved ones will get if you pass before them. Ladderlife.com slash Rick Bubba. They couldn't make it any simpler. Find out if you're instantly approved right now. That's L-A-D-D-E-R-Life.com slash Rick Bubba. Travis Womack is our guest, legendary musician who has, who has played guitar and, and has worked with the, the best of the best. Uh, as we said, Rolling Stone magazine did an article that he was the fastest guitar player they, they had ever seen. That was Greg Shaw's article about him. Um, so I want to talk little Richard a little bit with you because you traveled the world, uh, with little Richard as his band leader, uh, during the period of 84 to 95. Um, and Bubba, they even played the president Bill Clinton inauguration party. Uh, so, you know, that was a party, pretty big, you know, that was a party, but, but I know you didn't start playing with him till 84, but, but obviously you spent time with him. Do you think it's accurate that he does not get, all of the accolades he deserves for being so groundbreaking on what now is is popular music. You know, even Elvis was was impacted by him, and a lot of times that that we don't get it in that order. But many believe that Little Richard may be the most influential artist on rock and roll that has ever existed. Do you, do you think that's an, an exaggeration, or there's some truth to that? Uh, Little Richard, in my opinion, was one of the greatest rock and roll singers ever. He was, I mean, nobody could sing like Little Richard. I mean, he just, his range was unreal. I mean, he could go up there big time. And uh, 
they just, you know, you know, you had so many artists that loved him. George Jones loved Little Richard. As a matter of fact, we did an album uh, back in, I think it was in the 80s. Uh, George Jones cut a cut an album doing Little Richard songs and Chuck Berry songs. Uh, it's just amazing. Uh, in my opinion, uh, I always tell people uh, a song I wrote called Greenwood, Mississippi, that Little Richard had recorded. And then two weeks later, Tom Jones comes in to fame. He says, I heard Little Richard's here. And I said, yeah, he recorded one of my songs. He said, what was it? I said, Greenwood, Mississippi. He said, oh, I love that title. Let me hear it. So I played it for him. He said, I want to do it. So I tell everybody, I figure I had the two greatest rock and roll singers ever to sing one of mine and Junior Lowe's songs, Greenwood, Mississippi. Yeah, traveling the world with Little Richard. Talk to me about him as a showman. I mean, he obviously was one of I he mean, was wide open. He was he? wide open, <laughs> and uh, and I guess you you being a fast guitar player really came in handy because it sounded like to me that when he when he hit the stage. He wanted every. Here we go. I mean, it, 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 it and and his showmanship just seemed to be un, un unmatched. It was even you know uh, we never had a set list. We never knew what Little Richard was going to do. <laughs> I mean, we had, there'd be thousands of people out there, but uh, he knew that we was right there. Uh, the first time I uh, I met Little Richard was 1970. He come to fame. We recorded an album called the Real Thing album. And that was the album where he had recorded a song, Greenwood, Mississippi, that me and Junior Lowe wrote. And uh, I never heard from him till about 1983. And he called, he said, uh, first thing he asked me, he said, Travis, do you think my music is the devil's music? And I said, no, Richard. I, when I hear Tutti Frutti or Good Golly, Miss Molly, I think of good times. He said, well, you know, I'm an ordained minister. But he said, I've got a scripture book I've printed up. And he said, I'm going to start back doing rock and roll. I want you to put me the best rock and roll band you can get uh, to back me. And he said, uh, I'm going to travel all over. And he said, I'm gonna, my brothers will be passing out these scripture books. And if I can just save one or two people each show, he said, then I, I feel like I can do rock and roll. So that's what I did, put the band together. And we went all over the world. And he did just that. I mean, there would be tons and tons of those scripture books. We played Vegas. And uh, two of the big guys came back here and they said, Richard, we understand you, you pass out these scripture books. Well, you can't do it here. And uh, so Richard said, okay. So he left. And Richard looked over me and he said, uh, 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 they don't know me. <laughs> and not the scripture books are passed out. He, was, he had his two brothers and they were passing them out. Yeah, I saw, Bubba, somebody called this in, and I want to be sure I have this right. If I'm not mistaken... When he decided to become a minister, he he went to a a Christian college in Huntsville, Alabama, right? Yes, I think it was Oakwood. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think he's buried there now, right? I, in that area. I, I, and I think that's why, because yeah. he, he, that's where he went to kind of seek redemption, and he yeah. he felt like that's that he was on the on the wrong path. The whole time that uh, I was with Little Richard, he kept a Bible with him. Never seen anything out of the ordinary, and we always had prayer before we. Did a show always before we got on a plane because he was scared getting on a plane. I think I think maybe that scaredness wore off on me because that's why I quit him. I got I got to where I was scared of flying, couldn't get on the plane, so I had to had to quit. Yeah, did well, Travis. Yeah. Let's let's face yeah. it. There there's a history there of rock stars and airplanes that haven't gone real well. And, <laughs> right. You know, that's, it uh, yeah, it ain't very promising. So. Um, 
so so you have all of this, and, and of course, you know, Bub, I know you keep hearing to bring up Tom Jones, and and so <laughs> also another TV show I used to watch right, a lot so of as a kid. We didn't realize how involved with all the music we grew up on, but but <laughs> um, so Tom Jones, you considered him, you said to be one of the the best singers in music as well. Yes, and still is. And I heard him sing not too long ago, and he's still knocking the walls down. Are you kidding me? How old is he now? Uh, gosh, I, old as dirt for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, Travis, I'm going to say Tom's probably 86, 87, somewhere around. Well, there. he can't wear them pants he once wore. There ain't no well, way he's he, got he those. You know he does, Rick. He ain't, <laughs> no comment. He, he ain't changing that. <laughs> So, Travis, when these guys would come to town and and you would work with them there at Fame Studio, which, by the way, uh, is the name Fame, I've always heard the rumor that 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 stood for Florence, Alabama Music Enterprise. Is that right? Yes, sir. But it worked out good to call it Fame, didn't it? That's not a bad acronym, (laughs) is it? It did. So when all these, these acts came, and and you obviously you're working together. You take a break. I mean, did they just go into town and and walk down the street to the diner to to eat? How, wh- where did they go had, during all we had, this? We had one big cafe uh, restaurant right next door to Fame, and uh, that's where we'd all we'd all go over there and and uh, and eat eat supper and dinner or whatever. And it was like I said, it was dry. And if if, if somebody needed something to drink, we had we had bootleggers that. And bring the stuff to you, and uh, deliver it to you. Well, I, I bet that restaurant got some great pictures. Boy, I'm telling you what. I mean, I've seen some of the shots of some of the biggest names, <laughs> like walking, you know, in toward their hotel room there in the in yeah. the shows area. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this restaurant is called Biscuit Village, man, and it. Ooh. I, I accused them of using a garbage can lid for the size of their biscuits. I mean, they were <laughs> they were the largest cat head biscuits you've ever seen. Yeah, for for a line, uh, not not just a cat. So let's talk. I, yeah, I did not know this, Bubby, and and you know, you and I both love Joe Walsh, and the fact that he's a ham makes it. Even oh better. yeah, close so, to my heart. So, so tell me about the voice box on Rocky Mountain Way, and, and you you went to that, and you you worked on it in two thousand two. This was the live CD rock and roll party. So we all know the you know Rocky Mountain Way and and when the voice box parts in there and we love that and you went in and and did and did something different with it what what happened there? Well, custom K U S T O M they they come out with the first voice boxes and they they gave me one of them this was right before I come down here into Muscle Shows from Memphis it was called the bag and it was a it was a psychedelic colored big old look like a water bag. And I had fringe on it. It was, it was, it was a side ugly. And, uh, they gave iron butterfly one. And I don't know who gave that to, but I, I come down and I tried to get Rick to let me use, use it on some of the stuff. And then Rick said, nah, it sounded like Donald. Duck. <laughs> and, uh, and a couple of years later, man, I, I brought, I brought my little cassette player in there and portable and said, Rick, listen to this. He listened. He said, that sounds like that Donald Duck thing. I said, yeah. It's uh the uh who's uh, who's a guy from England, Peter Frampton. Yeah, yeah it was mm-hmm. him. Oh, I yeah. said it's number one this week. <laughs> yeah, do you feel like I do? Yeah, uh, but so- I, I I play it I play it different. I can I I can make I can make the thing sing in in tune. Uh, it's, it's, I call it my little alien voice. 
but it's really different. Yeah, we when those first came uh, out, I remember I was kicking around in bands, and and I think why Rick Halls was concerned is once we started playing with it, we our guitar player started trying to work it into every single song. <laughs> yeah, overdo it. And, 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 <laughs> and, we, and we're like, okay, I know we all got a new toy, but we, we can't try to work yeah, this in there. You can't wear it out. <laughs> Travis, talk a little bit about the technology that's changed, yeah. too. I mean, when you guys first started, you're, you're dealing with reel-to-reel tape and – and uh, and you know then the multi track stuff comes along and and look yeah, at I, it now I, being I start, digital. I started out at a little garage in uh, Memphis at single track reel to reel Fernwood Records, and no headphones. Then I moved up to Sonic Studios. He had two reel to reels. We would bounce if we needed something. And uh, through the years, Pro Tools. Um, we're out here at Billy Lawson's Wishbone Studio today. Billy's got all the stuff and Billy's one of the successful country songwriters and he's a he's the hardest working man in town and the busiest. Uh if, if I do I've kind of retired myself from doing any sessions. I'll I'll do an overdub or two out here for Billy and uh but uh yeah it's a uh, the place uh, a lot of a lot of good studios are coming back uh, in town. Uh so it's is one of them places that uh you're gonna find something sooner or later that you like. We'll come back. We'll finish up our conversation today with music legend Travis Womack when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. So we're talking about music. Why not talk about earbuds? Uh, I mean, Raycon, they're premium audio earbuds. Now, Bubba, do you know what I mean when I when we talk about I never remember it being called a dupe, but that's what everybody calls it now. <laughs> yeah, that's the hip word. Yeah, that's that's when you, you they want you to pay more because of what the brand name is when there's another version of it that is just as good that's less expensive, but you're paying more just to have a name on it. Well, watch out for those. Listen, I know the other premium audio brands, they're very expensive, and they'll say, oh, you got to have this certain brand name. But Raycon earbuds uh, are premium audio. You're not downgrading. But, boy, are you paying less, about half what the other premium audio brands cost. And and, they, and they've got all kinds of things that I think are even better. I mean, the gel tips that are customizable, they fit more comfortably. Uh, they even offer, if you want to, some buy now, pay later options. If, if you And, I mean, you could you could pay as, 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 as little at checkout as $18 to have a pair of premium uh, Raycon earbuds. And, of course, they've got the customizable sound profiles, uh, they've got uh, you know the noise isolation awareness mode. Um, you know it's crystal clear quality. They're water and sweat resistant. Uh, eight hours of playtime for about half what the other premium audio brands are, are charging you. And because you've picked this podcast, buyraycon.com/slash/rickbubbapod, buyraycon.com/slash/rickbubbapod, and get another fifteen percent off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash rickbubbapod. So our final uh, session, section of this uh, podcast with You Tra- wanted to say session, I did you? so bad with yep. Travis Womack. I, I want to be hanging out and picking a <laughs> uh, guitar legend who's played with so many people and, done so, and has a music catalog of his own that is quite impressive. He's literally traveled all over the world uh, with some of the biggest names um, being band leaders and but I, th- what I'm going to say is probably an unfair question, Travis. But you, I know what you're going to ask because I was going to ask the same yeah, thing. It, 
who do you consider to be the greatest guitar player of all time? Excluding yourself. Excluding yourself. Or Griffith's the top five in your Hall of Fame. I I was fixed to say me. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Exclude you. Well, most people say you. Yeah. uh, But when you, you, if someone came to you and said, all right, there's the people in the Eddie Van Halen camp. There, there's people over here that are in the, you know, the, the Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix and, and then, you know, there's people, uh, you know, I tell you, uh, probably an, an overlooked uh, guitar player that maybe we hadn't thought of. What, what do you think? I kind of like Tommy Emanuel. And there it is. I've never, I've yeah, never, I, you know, I, what? Help us with that he's, one. He's very, he's very versatile on the stuff he does. And how there's would, some great, there's some great players out there. How would we know him? Who is he? Is he a studio? Is he a studio player? guy? What is he? He, uh, well, he, he plays acoustic guitar and electric, but yeah, he's, uh, he's been around for a long time, but just a, an unreal player. He's, and he's usually by himself and he does so much with that guitar, acoustic guitar and drumming and everything all together on that guitar. But if you hadn't heard him, you know, check him out. Tommy E. Emanuel. Tommy E. Emanuel. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Have I seen Have this? Have I yet? got time to, to say thanks to a couple of people? Of course yeah, you do. Absolutely. absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, Christy Spencer and Larry Hunt. They're the two people that kind of got me in touch. Uh, told me that y'all were trying to look me up, find me. So thank y'all. Well, I know that one of your greatest pieces of work was the Rick and Bubba song that you did for us. <laughs> you might not even remember doing that. I don't that. know if you even remember doing that, but we still play it. Oh, we do. We love it. I've got my drummer's from down in y'all's neck of the woods. Chris oh. Forrest, he's sitting over here with me. Oh, hey, Chris. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he, he always lets us know what you're doing. And if we mention your name, he'll, he'll reach out to us and, and let us know. So how old are you now, Travis? I'm 78 and proud of it. <laughs> Travis, you look good. You do. I hear you. I'm, uh, still, still picking, man. Still rocking. Uh, I'm playing, uh, every week at a place called the poor house restaurant, which is here in Tuscumbia. Every Thursday night from six to eight. So if anybody's in this neck of the woods, come by and see us. We we rock it. You know, Travis, we need to come up. And, yeah. And if if we could catch you one day, you didn't have anything to do. I'd love to get a tour of some of those studios. Well, yeah, we'd love to bring you up here and, and take you to them. Uh, Billy Lawson here would probably try to cut a record on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you what. He'd have to work magic with me since yeah. I can't sing. Yeah, you're right. You I'd know sure what? like to see it though. You know what? <laughs> I've got a couple of the record collectors uh, from down there in Birmingham uh, up here today. John and Don, they're they're good people. They, I'm in their Hall of Fame, the Record Collectors Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, of, of all the, I mean, I know that you have had uh, all kinds of, of accolades. And Bubba was touching on it just for a, a little bit. We're talking about recording. Are, are, have we lost something in all this digital stuff, in your opinion? Or is it better than ever? Or is it better than ever? I mean, some people still believe, just like you know, they don't like amps that don't have tubes. They think you lose a warmness. Have have we yeah, lost? Have yeah. we lost something leaving tape? There, there's there's one word that I use that, that we've lost: dynamics. Okay. So so unpack everything, that. Yeah, everything and you, you go you go uh, uh, with, with uh, the track. And uh, you had the speeds the same, and uh, they don't have no ups and downs. Uh, it just uh, if you listen to some of the old tracks with the hits, uh, it the tempo may vary a little bit, but the whole band, you know, if if they go with it, then they're in the pocket, so it could speed up or slow down. That's to me, that's the dynamics of a song. When so, you do, when you play with a click track, yeah, it's the same speed all through that song. 
So you're saying we're almost too perfect now. We we've lost yes. we've lost the realness yes. of it. We don't have we don't have that raw sound. You know, and like I said back back in the day, Rick I was smart enough to let us produce a lot of the stuff, man. We'd he would take all of our suggestions and put it together and come out with hit records. They're not doing that now. Well and the closest and, thing the closest thing is Billy Lawson out there. He's 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 doing he's he's been there. He's He's doing both those things, and he's wide open. Uh, you know, he's he's not sitting in a certain mode or anything. He's he's wide open. I think you've just touched on the success of our show. It lacks perfection. <laughs> That's right. You, you know, I mean, I mean it, 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 dynamics. When everybody's wanting to drive <laughs> on the interstate, you count on us for an old pothole road. Let me tell you something. We got dynamics. Oh, yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. It's an ugly thing, but it gets you through. Uh, there could be a song there. <laughs> yeah, Gosh, that's good. Yeah. So, Travis, do you still? Uh, we got about five minutes, but do you still? You're, you're playing there locally, so I think you've answered my question. But at, at 78, when when you stand up there and get ready to pick, do you still love it like you always have, or more? Or I do. That's what that's what keeps me going, and uh, and the main reason that, that I work uh, this this thing, uh, I'm you know, your vocal cords are like your muscles. If you, you know, if you don't use them, you're going to lose them. So, uh, I'm, uh, I'm still kicking pretty good at 78. You, you do, you look great. You sound great. It just, you know, when you were picking a minute ago, what about your hands? Have you been able to keep the speed up? Well, uh, I hadn't, no, I hadn't had nobody tested yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm still up there pretty good. Well, I think one of the greatest feats would be you, you know, overcoming, Arthritis. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, we—I know how it's affected us. Right. And you got a few years on I, us. I mean, I—I I, I drop bottles of water. I mean, I can't imagine <laughs> having to play a set and and play the guitar. Yeah, I do two two one hour sets standing up playing uh and uh just song after song ain't ain't a bunch of talking. I I come to play music and that's what I do. Travis, you love it, and that 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 goes and shows through everything you do, and I think that's why people love what you do so much. Well, you guys got to come up, and we'll get together for sure. Uh, so when you do a music set, do you go and pull from all these artists you work with, your originals? What, what, or do you just say, do y'all? I, I mix it up, but I do, I do a lot of cover songs, but I do them my way. I do them the way I want to do them, and uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff. I, I, I feel like, well, and they should have done this or that, but uh, my, uh, my, my sets are rocking. I've got people up dancing hollering screaming uh it's just it's pretty it's pretty entertaining to come see see a bunch of old guys up there gray headed guys tearing the walls down <laughs> well you, you know what you've earned it you've i kind of want to go watch I, I do too so <laughs> travis we just can't thank you enough uh for all you've done for music obviously but for taking time to be uh with us and for honoring us and and doing a rick and bubba song that that, oh, is, that is uh, awesome we we i feel like uh, we're we're in we're in pretty good company travis walmack thanks for being with us and give our best thank to you. The, love you guys man love back you. at you, Love brother. you too. And, and thanks to each and every one of you that's taken time to be with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Thank you, Travis, so much. Thank you, buddy. All right, keep Listen, picking. we may holler at you and come see you yeah. now. Don't, don't be shy. You may look up and see Rick I'm and Bubba look, showing up. I'm looking up. for you. Don't be a type of snake on.
We'll take your snake hunting. <laughs> that would be a great podcast. Yeah, it, it would. Not without my twelve gauge. I was about to say the only thing is is, is it be called? No, the... We hunt them with a sling. We hunt them with a slingshot. Uh-uh. Like one of your <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to get Bubba on that one. That'll be Rick University. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. Thank you. All right.